Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You are a neighbor or giving a gift. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For any item kind, you can also, in your own way, support a community through giving any item that can also support them because of the impact of the pandemic. We are calling on all philanthropist organizations to join this movement and just be part of the challenge. Just take an item, take something that you want to give to any society or to an individual or someone you know. And that is country lead for the movement, Emmanuel Mafo there. Now, the ban on social gatherings and adhering to social distancing protocols due to COVID-19 is severely impacting event management and organizing companies. Revenue losses due to the cancellation of conferences, weddings, funerals and workshops run into millions of Ghana cities with hotels and other institutions which host such events having their fair share of the pinch. In our business journal today, my colleague Prince Apia puts the spotlight on how event organizers in Kumasi have been impacted by the coronavirus leading to millions of layoffs even across the globe. Take a listen. So we were scheduled to get married on the 26th of March. That was the week that the president declared the social distance ban. And Jennifer is one of the many people who have had to cancel their weddings because of the COVID-19. Weddings and related events are often handled by professionals who depend on them to make a living. Event organizer Lillian Buama Tewia manages Hang 2109 Enterprise. Her outfit was compelled to return advance payment for scheduled events to clients. Our calendar was booked for almost half of the year before the pandemic hit the country. And so we've cancelled about 10 events. And these are events that were huge. Because of the cancellation, we've had to refund their, part of their monies to them. And without a steady flow of income now, it means that the resources that we've reserved are the same ones that we are using to refund our clients as well as take care of our employees. Well, so now we've, we've had to lay off our employees because we cannot pay them. There's no jobs at the moment. Allied services providers like Dix Jockeys, MCs, Public Address and Sound Renters, Decorators and Photographers are all locked down. Last-minute cancellation of contracts leaves individuals like young photographer Inokaji 
in financial limbo. Seriously, for, for this past one and a half months, you know, people have been cancelling their all concerts have been cancelled, some are on hold too, especially some advertising shows we need to do. The clients are like they can't invest that much money because they don't know they don't know what's happening. So it is making things a little difficult for us. In wedding planning, for instance, venues are very important to put colour to such special locations. Safar Gardens is an event space and recreational centre in Kumase. We organise weddings and parties here and then we do fun games for kids and other stuff. Before COVID-19, hardly did a weekend pass without one activity or the other here. The current debt situation is a far cry from the period preceding the outbreak of the pandemic. Yabrufwa Jumain is chief executive. Every Saturday, there's, there's a wedding here. Uh, and they pay like 3000 4000 for the for the gowns. We also have other programs that we do every month, like a corporate Friday where we gather all the corporate people in Kumase to come here and listen to live band. All these programs are off. Mr. Brefo had invested over $10,000 in this facility in readiness for Easter, which virtually never was. This is a stage and trust is that we, we, we were planning to use them for a program during the Easter holidays. So we just acquired them. And unfortunately, when he came, uh, this cupboard came in and we could see that the appealing of, yeah. because it's been on the sun and here we, we are losing the, event, the investment that we've, we've done. Together with the trusses, it will be like $15,000. And they are just wasting away? Yeah, just wasting away. Because all the events that were planned because of the COVID, we, we've, we've not been able to, to do it. And Apart from renting an event ground like Safar Gardens, some prefer hotels and their spaces for their wedding receptions. Jefua Owusu-Chao is the owner of Royal Lameta Hotel. In fact, when the president announced it on the 9th, by 11th we had cancelled 41 conferences and workshops. So it spanned between March and July. And then we had these uh, wedding activities. We have to stop everything. We've lost a lot. So much. Not less than maybe 500,000 Ghana cities. Corona, no big parcels, we go How long these businesses in the event organizing chain remain crippled or how early they bounce back depends on persistence or otherwise of COVID-19 and government response. Friends up here, reporting. Well, as we do know, uh, COVID-19 having an impact on every sector of the economy. We just heard that from that of event management and organizing companies there for my colleague Prince up here. And in the Joy Business Reporter 1, I'm Charles Ayati. Do enjoy the rest of our programs. As we continue to fight COVID-19 together, EcoBank offers you several ways to stay home, stay safe, and take control of your finances. Use EcoBank Mobile whenever, wherever, with or without an EcoBank account to send money through SMS and email. Also buy airtime, pay bills, and much more from the comfort of your home. For high-value transactions, use our internet banking services. EcoBank QR code enables you to make cashless digital payments when paying for goods and services. Download the EcoBank Mobile 
mobile today from the Google Play Store, App Store, or from our Facebook page. Additionally, dial the short code star 770 hash from any phone and start transacting. Ecobank cares. Remember to observe social distancing, wash your hands frequently, and don't touch your face. For further assistance, kindly call Ecobank Contact Center on 3225 anytime, any day. Toll free. Stay home, stay safe. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. our 25th anniversary. Praise and thanks must go to those who deserve it. In the beginning, God. God who has expanded us exceedingly and brought us to a pleasant place. Indeed, our inheritance is delightful. Psalm 16 verse 6. All praise, glory and honor to Christ at work in multimedia who causes us to accomplish exceedingly, abundantly, above what we ever ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 Celebrating 25 years. Now I know we are all bummed out that Easter came and went in a split second. But at Samsung, Easter has been extended in the Samsung Easter extravaganza. You can still shop for your favorite Samsung appliances at juicy discounts. Get a 32-inch Samsung satellite TV for just 899 Ghana cities. 40-inch smart TV with Netflix for 1,899 Ghana cities. A four-star energy-efficient twin cooling plus fridge for 2,999 Ghana cities. Our Inverter AC to save you the hustle with too much electricity for 2,999 Ghana cities. Our top-load 7kg washing machine for just 1,699 Ghana cities. And so much more. All you have to do to visit a Samsung authorized dealer. Don't forget your face mask, wash and sanitize your hands at the door and happy shopping. We're extending the goodness of Easter while keeping you safe in the Samsung Easter extravaganza. Hurry now. Samsung, imagine what we can build. Super Hits Radio. Radio. Joy 99.7. We're at St. George's Park, right in the heart of the Midlands of England, to find out what it takes to be a Premier League referee. If you're a football fan, if you're a football player, you know that referees can be amongst the most vilified group of sports people on the planet. They're scrutinised, they're judged by managers, by fans, by TV pundits, by Graham and I on a weekly basis. But what does it take to get to the highest level? That's what we've come here to find out. We're at the PGMOL's bi-monthly meeting and all the top referees get together. We've been talking to nutritionists, to psychologists, Graham, haven't we? What have you been doing? Well, we've also sat through the review process that referees go under when they have their matches reviewed in their film studies. I did a fitness test, which was hard work. I'm not as young as I used to be, including something called the bleep test, which is exhausting. Arlo sat it out. And I also (laughs) tried to run the line. I was an assistant referee for about half an hour. Let's find out what it takes to be a top referee in the Premier League. Seconds remaining is this United's last attack. All eyes on Mike Dean, the referee. Smalling. Looking for Falcao. Oh, now then, challenging the penalty area. And it's given the other way against Herrera. He's in a perfect position, Mike Dean. You could see it. 
What a tremendous decision that is. And that is a prime example of how difficult a referee's job is. So many factors for us to take into account for these poor chaps out there. The, the fact that they get it right as often as they do is incredible. We sit here in the studio and we have the benefit of HD slow motion where we watch 15, 20 replays and sometimes we still don't even agree on what's the right call. These referees were with players at full speed with only one look, sometimes with their vantage point block, are making huge decisions in front of packed stadiums that are trying to influence them. And these decisions can impact not only the game, but the difference between a win and a loss sometimes is a job for a manager. So it's incredible the responsibility they have. Probably the Professional Referees Association, the PGMOL, really trains their referees hard and gives them great support as well when sometimes things don't always go according to plan. But at the end of the day, they're just human beings like you and I, and those margins are tiny. Yeah, and it is a very difficult job, the speed of the game right now. We do know that communication is better with them with the assistant referees and the referee himself to communicate on all major decisions to help them out. But the pressure, the intensity of every game, the crowd being involved and what it means to those clubs is, is huge. And you never see referees getting a pat on the back when they have a good game or make good decisions. It's such a difficult job and I think they do a pretty good job of it. It's an excellent decision because Herrera actually puts his right leg forward after he touches the ball into Cahill's there and then throws himself over justified yellow card. So Mike, the PGMOL, of which you're the general manager to describe exactly what the organization's all about most of when people think of us they think of the, the 17 premier league referees but we're a much bigger organization than that so we're responsible for 17 guys who referee in the premier league we've got 61 referees who take charge of all the football league games each weekend and then 33 referees who take charge of games in the football conference Adding to those all the assistant referees, our coaching network, our support staff, and you have an organisation of around 500 people, all of whom are geared toward making sure that referees are successful in this country. The flag is waving, he might be tempted to play an advantage here, Mike Dean, and he does so. Our role is to enhance the game through quality refereeing and to provide a service to the Football League, the Premier League and the FA. Mike Jones has gone across to the assistant referee. And it's been ruled out. I spend an awful lot of my time talking to the Premier League, to the Football League, to the Conference, to make sure that the style of refereeing that we adopt is a style that suits each of the competitions. And he goes to Silver, a sliding challenge by Cabal, is another penalty. No hesitation from the referee, Jonathan Moss. I don't think there's any doubt about that one. It's really important to emphasise that we're completely independent, because in order to provide the right service, you've got to have that expertise of former match officials who understand the game, and that independence as well, so that we can take one step backwards. Michael Oliver is across for a word with Ivanovic. Big games like this, the instruction is to take the temperature of the game. Could you define the current role of a referee against maybe the role of a referee 20, 25 years ago? I think we've moved away from being referees for refereeing sake and applying the laws of the game to actually serve in the game of football. But that's bang out of order from a fellow professional. You know, you shouldn't, you don't want to see that. It's up to the referee to make sure he doesn't let this game get out of control in the early stages. Remember an interview that Clive Norling did, great rugby union referee of his generation, as he likened refereeing to being the conductor of an orchestra, which is you have set parameters, which are the rules of the game, but it's your role as the conductor to try and get the best out of all the people who are playing your instruments. And in a refereeing term, that's getting the best out of the players on the field of play. So it's applying the laws of the game so that there's a fair standard that everyone can adhere to. Great Pawson will call both players together. Do it in a way that's sympathetic to the nature of the game, because that way everyone benefits. But he has reached to the pocket. 
the players make up, but they both get yellow. In terms of preparation, what are the mechanisms that the PGMOL put in place to prepare referees to get out there and officiate games? We, we pride ourselves on that we're structured very much like a football club. So that starts with sports scientists to make sure that they're physically fit enough to be out there on the field of play. We have the sports psychologists for mental preparation. We have trained development manager who looks after their development and analysis so the referees can analyse their own performance. Coaching structure. So Howard Webb as performance director for the select group has a coach working to him, so very much structured in the way that you'd expect a football club to be. Because I wanted to gain your your knowledge and experience uh, from what you'd actually do on the situation. Because so the select group referees will meet here at St George's Park every two weeks, and we spend two days. So typically, it's arrive in the morning, we then do physical training, we do classroom training, looking at video examples, trying to come to a collective view on how we judge incidents. So a very intensive two-day programme. Oh, there's a big challenge there. There's a decision for the referee to make and he waves play on. How would you look at a referee and come to the conclusion that that referee's had a great game? It's about conducting the game of football in a way that benefits the players, the spectators and everybody, and at the same time applying the laws of the game in a credible manner. Well, they say if the referee has been invisible, then he's had a good game, and you have to say today, this game has been officiated brilliantly. If you can do that through the 90 minutes of a professional football game, you've had a very, very good afternoon. Chips it in towards Bonnie. Big decision to make for Phil Down, and he waves away all appeals for a penalty. When you look at referees, the vilification sometimes goes a little bit too far, it, it, it seems to me. I can't believe that the referee didn't give a penalty. That I can't believe. And unfortunately, again, another dubious decision. How do you put the mechanisms in place for them to be able to cope with the scrutiny and the pressure and the criticism that comes their way? If you ask, and the Premier League did this two years ago, survey all the fans, and there was phenomenal acceptance of the great standards that the referees produced. I think the referee was, uh, was on a good level today. You walk down the street, you, you meet people, and they want to talk to you because they've seen you refereeing again the previous weekend. And once you get over the individual decisions that they want to talk to you about, there's genuine support for referees, there's a general understanding of how difficult the job can be, and a genuine respect for the job that they do week in, week out. I thought Martin Atkinson was uh, well in control of a very, very difficult game. For where I'm standing, and look, the referee called it right. So sometimes when you see the headlines, you see the immediate reaction. If you take the football supporters as a whole, they recognise the good job that all the officials do every week. And we should remember that sometimes. Mistake by West Bromwich Albion, and Wilfred Bonney could be in here. And Dawson comes across with the challenge, just outside of the penalty area. Big decision for the referee to make here. And, and when you talk about sort of off the pitch, in, in the sort of some of the darker moments... And he's summoning over a West Bromwich Albion player... And it appears to be Gareth McCauley who's been shown a red card. It's Gareth McCauley who is shown the red. Now surely that's a case of mistaken identity. How do you sort of support them through those moments? Well, that's important for us as an organisation because for all of our officials you've got to support them in that experience. So we have the things that you'd expect of us. We have a team of sports psychologists who work with us. You have the support of all your colleagues and they're a very, very close-knit group because what you're trying to do is protect the people so that they can go away and actually learn from the issue that's arisen and come back and better referee as a result of it. And I suppose the point is, you know, for me, I had a w maybe a week and then I could 
make a bad decision that I'd made in a previous game, I could make it right in the next game. It must be a lot harder for a referee to do that. And sometimes it's not just even in, in other games. You can, you can reaffirm their ability when the conversation you have during the week. But as a referee, you don't have to go searching for the great pass or the wonder goal. Going out and doing your job gives you as much satisfaction. So if you come off the next game, you've got 22 handshakes. You've not had to make a major decision in the game, but no, everything that you've done has been right. Then that's a great feeling. Still to come, former Premier League defender Graham Lasso measures his fitness against current referees in the bleep test. But up next, to look at all the mechanisms that referees use to improve their crap. Lucas Flick on into the path of Yakubu goes down under the challenge of Senderos and Mike Riley awards a penalty and sends off the Arsenal centre half. What was the process? How did you become a referee once you decided then that that's what you wanted to do? Very simple to start off with. You take and examine the laws of the game. So anyone who's thinking of being a referee, contact your local county football association. They'll put you in touch with the referee development office in that area and there'll be a course. So you take the laws of the game test. And it's a very thin book. There's only 17 laws of the game. Actually, I should have asked you how many there were. <laughs> 17. <laughs> Thank you. Good answer. <laughs> and that's the easy bit. Learning the laws, straightforward. The skill is then applying them on the field of play. Ooh, that's a hefty challenge by Welbeck. He could be in trouble here. It's a yellow. So those early games when you go out as a referee, your first few matches, that's when you find out whether or not you have the aptitude for the game or not. There's the ball through and the flag stays down. Play on and there's the finish. It's a wonderfully taken goal and it was onside. John Brooks is the assistant on the far side. Three big decisions in one there for the young assistant and it looks like he's got them spot on. For me, you look at it on a short-term basis. It was never a long-term thing and, you know, it happens very quickly and, you know, if you, if you do continue to do well and, and perform, then that's where the PGMRL will sort of look to take you under their wing, if you like, and, and then offer the, the support and guidance because the sort of intensity and the media scrutiny and the real importance comes in. And obviously the system wasn't in place as it is now, you know, what, what you're part of with the PGML. So it must have been a very different experience um, learning your trade as a referee uh, uh, from such a young age. It was. I mean, I was very fortunate in my early career. And at the time, there wasn't the coaching support, there wasn't the technical infrastructure to help you. So it was very much determination. Mike Riley took a long, hard look. Reading around sports psychology, reading around nutrition, reading about sports physiology, so that you could do all the things that you needed to do to become an athlete, to become part of the game to try and progress the refereeing career. He's done very well, though. Mm. He's just kept the game moving, not had to get involved. And the players haven't given him many problems, have they? And very slowly, you start getting uh, an appetite for refereeing and a love of refereeing. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Actually, you had to love for the game of football. It has to be more than a hobby. It's very serious, and all the, res you know, the resources are there. Kevin Friend is summoning Jack Wilshere here. Was it excessive force? Was it reckless by Wilshere? Let's see what Kevin Friend thinks. In terms of the psychology, John, of, of becoming an official, if, if there is a decision you may feel that you got wrong or is certainly contentious... That's very, very tight. I think we need two or three looks at that. 
very, very difficult to tell. How do you get over that? Yeah, it's one of the things um, that I've been working with, with on with the psychologist and we've been doing as a group. Um, clearly, if you make a decision after three minutes, you need to make sure that that does not affect you for the rest of the game or even for uh, forthcoming games. Very difficult for the referee, Lee Pope, to sort out, but it's a, a yellow card for Richardson. One of the, the things we're looking at is putting that decision aside immediately and dealing with it afterwards. Big shouts for handball by Manchester City. Well, he's got his hand up, he's away from the body. I think Glenn Murray's a very lucky boy, but that's not given. Because the worst case scenario is you make another decision that's incorrect. I don't understand why this is not a yellow card. It's late, it's from behind. You know, what is the referee seeing here that I'm not? There's so much pressure on, on these guys on a, on a weekly basis. If it has gone wrong... The mantra these days for the modern referee is to release the decision. Referees do work with a psychologist during the week to help with that process, and he may need all of that experience right now. How do you ensure that they've got the right frame of mind in order to do the job with a clean slate? Sure. We'd always look at during the game you know, uh, and take that contentious decision or incident or event, whatever it may be, and say... Sometimes there are going to be errors in misjudgment. But the most important thing is that we are clear in mind, strong in body, to deal with the next phase of the, the play, the next decision that comes our way. It's a great ball. It's a definite foul. It's a definite goal-scoring opportunity. Jonathan Moss gets this one completely right. We'll work on the releasing strategies, the reframing strategies, the focus strategies. And the referee's got a decision to make here. That was a bad challenge. It's going to be a yellow... And a red as a result, and Stephen Taylor is off. What my role is, is to take the pressures that we are going to experience, take the demands that are there, right, and then replicate them within our training. He's on a yellow card. Michael Oliver strides across here. I don't think he's going to take any further action. One aspect of the psychological side of, of officiating, I like this phrase, release the decision, which is basically find a way in your own mind to put it out of your mind and to referee every uh, situation that you come across as if it's the first thing that you've seen in a game. Martin Atkinson in good position, says no penalty for the second time in this first half. Is it easy to train referees and their minds to be able to put an early mistake or a perceived mistake behind them? It's one of the important skills of a referee, particularly at this level. And actually the training starts five, ten years before you even reach this level. Because you've got to demonstrate those skills coming through the system and hone and refine those skills. So at the time you hit football league, Premier League football, with all the scrutiny, you're capable of doing it. Releasing the decision is key. You need to come back to it after the game as opposed to during the next ten minutes when there will be more decisions to make. One of the things that referees are used to is all the way through your career, from that very first game that you went out, when you just learnt the laws of the game, you have to go out and try and apply them, right the way through, referees are used to scrutiny. You expect the officials to referee in a manner that gives you a fair chance. You're there to arbitrate the game of football, so you're having to make decisions all the time. Those decisions affect players, they affect spectators, so you're going to be scrutinised. I think that's decent refereeing all round. You feeling all right? <laughs> Hey, I'm quite fair to referees, I think. <laughs> well, I think, anyway. Part of the process of coming through the system is learning to deal with the degree of scrutiny that goes with you. They're certainly not happy with Mr Riley. I clock up a lot of hours watching them, how they interact with their team, how they build that rapport in the changing rooms, how they deal with managers and captains coming in, because that's the first impression. And they have to be strong in their body, they have to be strong in their verbal commands. And I think once you've built that perception up of, of a strong character, then you can take those positive thoughts, take those positive actions onto the field of play. 
So here we are out on uh, pitch 12 at St George's Park. It's a beautiful April afternoon and it's wonderful to be stood still here enjoying the sunshine with Howard Webb, performance director uh, of the select group of referees. Uh, Howard, what are we doing to our Graham here? It all looks, <laughs> it all looks quite sedate at the moment. It's going to get more it's, painful. It starts slowly, Carlo, but it gets a lot, lot harder and it gets hard quickly as well, which uh, I'm sure Graham will find. And uh, this was something that I don't miss. This is something that we... Uh, we were put through uh, four or five times per season, or our guys get put through that four or five times a season. And uh, there's a certain level that we're, you know, we're expecting them to get to. Um, you'll hear the levels increasing uh, as we go along. The speed gets quicker. It's a 20-metre shuttle run uh, with a small recovery loop. And uh, the pace gets quicker. Graham is feeling every single day of his retirement, right? <laughs> Can you see him? He's the, he's the most worried I've ever seen him, Howard. He's implacable. So this happens five times a year. For yeah, the yeah. And everything they do here has been monitored. Yeah, they're wearing heart rate bands, uh, which transmit to the watch, which the sports scientists can, can look at later. And, and how we'd expect our guys to get to the threshold of 18.2. That's the, they're the golden figure. So it's two shuttles at speed 18, uh, 18 kilometres an hour. And, and the, the heart rate traces will tell us where they are in terms of their fitness compared to the last time they did it and, uh, and that's done throughout the course of the season it's, it's a way of monitoring their fitness so we get to a certain level um, and then we'll, 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 we'll cancel the test at that point it's not about just fatiguing them totally it's about just checking where they are compared to where they were a few a few weeks previously what happens is you'll find that it probably starts to fall a little bit short uh, and then he'll get a warning and he'll get a second warning and then if he fails to, to hit the mark on the third occasion that's, that's it game, game over correct. game over Good. But yeah he's doing okay I mean he's a little bit flushed Come on, Graham, keep going. Come on. Into the 17s and beyond, come on. This is going to be starting to hurt now. Okay. How have the fitness requirements over the span of your career to now, how have they changed for referees? The style of football in the Premier League has changed. It's less direct a lot of the time now, isn't it? There's a lot more passing through the midfield. Has there been a, a, a difference in the requirements of the fitness levels for referees? There has, undoubtedly. I mean, the, the levels have increased over the, the 12 years that I was involved in, and also the minimum standards have increased in terms of our fitness testing. We see year on year the speed in the Premier League, you know, athletic players moving the ball quickly, making a lot of ground up very quickly as well. And we, we, we need to be there. We need to be in a position to make a big decision in the last minute of the game at one end of the, uh, of the pitch in the penalty area and then be able to make another one a few seconds later at the other penalty area without thinking about how we're going to get from A to B. You know, without having to think about our lungs or our legs, just thinking about the, the decision that we've got to make. Mm, that's the key aspect, isn't it? Because you, you can pass any number of bleep tests and be one of the fittest guys around, but if, if you can't equate that as well with, with focus and clear thinking, yeah. you've got no chance, have you? So those two combined are absolutely vital. It, it, it has to be functional, absolutely. That was a good effort by Graham, though, wasn't it? Was. it? Yeah, he just uh, he hit the wall there, just at the end. 17-2. 17-2. What's the minimum requirement for the guys? 18-2. 18-2. That was all right. No, it was good. Very good. 17-2. 17-2. Yeah. That's good effort. That's not bad. I don't do that sort of running anymore. That's hard, isn't it? It's painful. Yeah, and it's... it's I, I, I won't get beyond 17-2 now. And it, and it sort of... It, it, it keeps just asking you a little bit more. Well done. You. Are you ready for some more? Yeah. Let's do it, then. <laughs> <laughs> this will be easier this bit still to come behind the scenes access to the top secret referees film room where referee performances are analysed scrutinised and graded but when we return Graham discovers just how hard it is to run a line with a flag in his hand don't miss it how certain were you offside on uh, 100% Sure. Okay.
Okay, so we've got a simple offside exercise, Graham. We've got whites attacking, reds defending. The red player, the defender, is going to run out trying to play offside as the white forward goes through. And your job simply is to decide whether the white player is in an offside position. I don't like the fact. The Wolves player. I don't like the fact you said simply twice. Okay. Um, now, the first question I have before we start is... Obviously, the red defender is running out. Yes. I've got to take my position off him, so I'm going to have to run out with him. Correct. And then judge. And then when make the ball's that passed. judgment at the moment that the ball is played, of course. Okay. And it's any part of the forward player mm. that's in an offside position except for his arm. Yep. So his arm doesn't count, but any part of his head, torso, yep. or foot, if any part of that is offside, yep. i.e., nearer to the opponent's goal line, yep. then the offside flag should go up. Yep. If you think that all of the player is onside, then obviously keep the, the flag down and we'll test the results with the, with the instant feedback in a moment. Flag in left hand? Flag in the left hand to begin with, yes. And then when you make the offside judgment, if he is offside, you change the hands to the right hand and then put the flag up always in the right hand. Okay, fine. Brilliant, should we give it a go? Okay, let's go. Here they go. Yep. Right, okay, so if you do, if you do say, um, <coughs> do 10 scenarios, right? Yep. Yeah. And then when you do 10, go to the 10 and we'll review all 10, yeah? Okay. Okay, okay fine. Yep, that's fine. So start with the defender, Graham, yep. and you're going to come running out. Now, rather than sidestep, they might be sprinting, yeah, so, so you, might, have to run. you might have to run. So yeah. when I'm running this way, do I want the flag in the right, the right hand? hand? Yeah, the flag is always pitch side. Okay. So I'm going to stand roughly where the where they're gonna cross, cross is over. so I can make an accurate yeah, yeah. assessment, fine. okay? How quick are you? At least we both got Larry boots on. Natural sportsman wants to get 10 out of 10. Okay, we'll go then. Yep, go. First one. Okay. Oh. Okay, how certain? Give me a percentage. How certain were you offside on? Uh, 100%. Okay. That one was onside. Was it? It was, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, um, next one. So next defender again. I was 100 percent certain I was here offside then. <laughs> next defender, we're doing ten. Okay. <laughs> Onside? Onside. What percentage? Well, after 100 percent last time, about 50 percent. Okay, you're 100 percent correct. Yeah, well done. <coughs> and again. Got it now, 100% yeah. on. Well done. Excellent. It's not easy, is it? Just offside. Okay, he was definitely on, I'm afraid. Oh. Okay. Keep going, Grant. Keep going. Keep going. Flipping egg. That was hard, that one. Go. That was an easy one. On. Easy one. So now, Graham, when if he's onside, then you follow the, follow the run. So once you've come up, then follow it, you, and that tells me that you've clearly made a decision, and he's oh, onside. Okay, fine. okay. Ready, go. Okay. Next one. Well done. That's, I'm doing that's eighty yards. Yeah. That's turning into a high. That's, that's it. Okay. Ready, go. Well done, well done. Left hand, well done, well done. Excellent, excellent. I've got my own linesman running style now. You got it now, you got it now. Oh, I'm in, I've got him in the zone. Okay. And go Come again, on, go. Nice and easy. Excellent, again, well done. Ready, go. 
Well done again. Well done again. Just delay the past a little bit if you can, please. Okay, just delay it a fraction longer. Ready? Go. How certain are you, Graham? Not very. No, no, that one was just on. Just, just on. on side. Just on side. Oh. Okay, go. Oh. Okay, good. And one more for luck. That was off, wasn't it? I, I, I tight, but I think he probably just was, yes. Toughest decision of the game, that one. Okay, make it a good one. That's excellent. Ready, go. That's tight as well. Really so we'll have, tight. We'll have a look now at the instant feedback. I like the first one when I was 100% <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Did I, did I give that offside? <laughs> yeah, that, that was an early one, I think. Okay. Go on, show that again, because that was appalling, wasn't it? That must have been an early one, was it? That was Please. quite early. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that was the first one. But I want to be an advocate for practising this sort of thing, yeah. and if that's an early one, I mean, he's a... Well, there's clear daylight between the two of them. And I'm in, see you in, the, and I'm in line. Yeah. See, it does show, doesn't it, how you, you learn, don't you? Yes, yeah, so exactly. If you can hold that, like, effectively, any, any forward player mm. to your left or to your right, as mm. we now look around, has to be in an onside position because if, let's say, you're level with the yeah. defender, so anybody yeah, 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 yeah. has, to, has to be, yeah, be yeah. And that's another little trick that you yeah. can use. When you're judging offsides, if, if the player's mm. this side to you, then he can't be offside. No, no, no. Assuming you're left. And I, and I think the, the, the point in my defence, Your Honour, <laughs> is because it's early, so I'm trying to pick up what's going on. Lots of the um, Trying to understand the speed of everything as well, trying to keep up with the guy, thinking about where my flag is. I'm distracted by so many different things. And also, if at that point you're looking towards the ball, because that, when it leaves his foot, is important. Yes. By the time you're back in uh, looking across that line, it's changed. Yeah, the picture completely. has completely changed. Yeah. 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 Now, then, you, you get away with it. With some water, yeah. With yeah. The Good afternoon. I hope your training session went well. Uh, this afternoon. My role as training and development manager really is to not just encompass what we do off the field uh, in terms of technical training, but also to look at um, on-field performance as well. So we bring the referees in every two weeks here. Uh, the assistant referees also come in once a month. The key part about the coaching sessions is to make sure that we can learn from the decisions that's been happening over the, uh, the recent weeks. We're going to look at your responses really to what decisions you think you'll actually make based on the uh, situation you've seen. So obviously teamwork is, is a key aspect. There's a, a lot of knowledge to be shared between the referees and the assistant referees in terms of the, the judgment of decisions and to give them some aspects of um, what they can actually do to help them improve it. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> okay. Almost 50-50 split. Do you think he's touched it? You can't tell. And what's the, the fallback position for us as match officials when well, we don't know? Because we only bring the assistant referees in well, 10 times a, a season for, for us, so, although we meet as a, as a group for every two weeks, it's important that we get the two groups together quite, uh, quite regularly. So referees, anything else you'd, you'd want from your assistant or what can you give to help or support your assistant referee in that situation? I'm sure the assistant will have a say here, Harry Leonard, in conference with Kevin Friend. Everything we try and do our training is based on a theme, really, because that way then it just reinforces the messages when we're actually delivering that training to them. Don't, yeah, we don't guess, yeah? And uh, certainly that's one of the 
though the advice sent through uh, the assistant referee from the work they do is that uh, if you don't know you don't guess the situation Mark Lattenberg with a word with his assistant referee by the communication system he's taking advice this is good refereeing and it also gives them an opportunity for them to, to say their own uh, concerns regarding the system itself. And hopefully that can be relayed back and improve the system for future. Offside. Offside, yeah. All agree. 100% offside. Sometimes we bring other people and experts in to, to talk about um, their own systems. Things like these diet and nutrition. During exercise, I think sugar is essential for what you guys do. 90 minutes high intensity. All other times, I'd probably say sugar is bad, fat is better. Okay, I know that probably goes against what you guys think. If you look at, uh, we've moved from sort of 7,000 hours training to around about 35,000 hours training. So the same training that we do with the Premier League referees is also the same with the Football League referees, the, the conference referees, and then move it down to the FA Development Group. So we have the same messages being given to the same from the Premier League all the way down. So when they get promoted, there's little difference then to change in terms of the perceptions of what we expect from them in terms of decision making on the field of play. The referees have been talking all game to each other to make sure they get every decision right. That's what I call proper teamwork. Coming up after the break, we're granted access to the normally restricted referees film room, where former senior officials grade recent refereeing performances. It's a huge day at the Emirates Stadium. Two Premier League giants clash with the world watching on. Arsenal against Liverpool is as big as it gets. Well, Graham, I feel like we're in the inner sanctum here. This is terrific, <laughs> isn't it? You know, Howard Webb alongside me, a performance director for the select group of referees, Anthony Taylor, current Premier League referee. This is the review process of a very big game that happened recently at the Emirates Stadium. Howard, talk us through this process and how it works. Well, the evaluation system works whereby every Premier League game is analysed by um, an evaluator who is an ex-top-level referee. He grades each situation with a level of difficulty. Anthony will look down this, this list of, of incidents and if there's a, a speech bubble on the right-hand side, you'll see that the evaluator's got something to add. So, if we look at uh, 9 minutes 31, there's an advantage played there. Sterling upended by Koscielny. It looked like a foul, but Anthony Taylor has spotted the possibilities here for Liverpool. He's playing the advantage, and here they are on the right-hand side. The ball crossed in, and it's a corner kick. Excellent refereeing by Anthony Taylor. It's a correct decision, but you can see there's a speech bubble at the side. Excellent advantage that nearly resulted in a goal being scored. So we can look back at that, and here we can see that on 9.26, yep, there's a foul tackle there near the halfway line. Liverpool retained possession of the ball in a good advantageous position. Anthony recognises that uh, possibility of advantage and uh, it clearly indicates and signals for, for play to continue. Do you back that signal up, Anthony, with a verbal as well? Are you shouting advantage, play on? Yeah, yeah. Um, play on advantage. Now, in my response, I, I'd respond to the evaluator in this situation, so as you can see here, um, as that challenge has gone in, I'd actually explain deciding whether that challenge is worthy of, it, of a caution to start with uh, and then whether it's beneficial to play the advantage so I'll also add in that the reason I've spoken to Koscielny is because I felt that was more of a careless challenge than a reckless challenge but just to just to make him aware as the player that he needs to consider making that kind of challenge in that area of the field. What you have to do surely is take into account whether or not 
by not booking him, that's going to increase or es escalate similar types of challenge. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of this being Arsenal-Liverpool and, and the importance of the game for both teams, he's trying to balance up whether is a yellow card going to send a strong enough message or is that is a yellow card going to set my tolerance level too low for the remaining 80 minutes? Because what you don't want is to, to end up with 10, 12 yellow cards in a game where sometimes um, a stern public warning a player will respond better to you, you being honest and speaking directly to him than showing a card. Alright, if we go down, we've got to 11.0, 11.03, we've got a holding fence. Now, this is in red, so this has been recorded as an incorrect decision by the evaluator. Away from Liverpool, Raheem Sterling towards the touchline. The big German defender, Per Mertesacker, well, it looks like he pulled him back. That should be a free... Oh, no, play on. Aaron Ramsey, I think, was expecting the whistle to blow there, but Anthony Taylor hasn't spotted the infringement. The comment there is, in my opinion, uh, you appear to miss a clear case of a, an offensive holding when Arsenal 4 is seen to grab hold of Liverpool 31 by the waist and drag him to the floor. So, Anthony, this is, this is your first time uh, watching the, the, the footage back with three days after the game. Um, do you recall the incident? No. <laughs> Very simple. My initial impression watching that is you can clearly see the, the Arsenal player hold on to, to Sterling there. Obviously from a, a totally opposite camera angle to what I would have had on, on field. So the only reason that I can recollect here that I'll try and feed back to the evaluator is that maybe in real time on, on field may have not looked to foul for my position. Have you ever been in a situation, Anthony, where you've, you've had an evaluator make a point like that? But hey, you disagree and you yeah. back your decision. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and uh, we'll write something like that sometimes. There's been many situations across matches where if you put 20 people in a room, you can get total agreement in terms of whether it's a foul or a yellow card or a red card or, anything, or a penalty. So yeah, so it's equally important if you disagree with somebody, then, then you should say so. Interesting. And Sterling upended by Koscielny, it looked like a foul, but Anthony Taylor has spotted the possibilities here for Liverpool. He's playing the advantage, and here they are on the right-hand side, the ball crossed in, and it's a corner kick. Excellent refereeing by Anthony Taylor. It's a correct decision, but you can see there's a speech bubble at the side. Excellent advantage that nearly resulted in a goal being scored. So we can look back at that, and here we can see that on 9.26, yep, there's a foul tackle there near the halfway line. Liverpool retained possession of the ball in a good advantageous position. Anthony recognises that uh, possibility of advantage and uh, uh, clearly indicates and signals for, for play to continue. Do you back that signal up, Anthony, with a verbal as well? Are you shouting advantage, play on? Yeah, yeah. Um, play on advantage. Now, in my response, I, I'd respond to the evaluator in this situation, so as you can see here, um, as that challenge has gone in, I'd actually explain deciding whether that challenge is worthy of, it, of a caution to start with uh, and then whether it's beneficial to play the advantage so I'll also add in that the reason I've spoken to Koscielny is because I felt that was more of a careless challenge than a reckless challenge but just to just to make him aware as the player that he needs to consider making that kind of challenge in that area of the field. What you have to do surely is take into account whether or not by not booking him that's going to increase or es escalate similar types of challenge. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of this being Arsenal-Liverpool and, and the importance of the game for both teams, you're trying to balance up whether is a yellow card going to send a strong enough message or is, that, is a yellow card going to set my tolerance level too low for the remaining 80 minutes? Because what you don't want is to, to end up with 10, 12 yellow cards in a game where sometimes um, a stern public warning 
the player will respond better to you, you being honest and speaking directly to them than showing a card. All right, if we go down, we've got to 11.0, 11.03, we've got a holding fence. Now, this is in red, so this is being recorded as an incorrect decision by the evaluator. Away from Liverpool, Raheem Sterling towards the touchline. The big German defender, Per Mertesacker, well, it looks like he pulled him back. That should be a free... Oh, no, play on. Aaron Ramsey, I think, was expecting the whistle to blow there, but Anthony Taylor hasn't spotted the infringement. The comment there is, in my opinion... Uh, you appear to miss a clear case of a, an offensive holding when Arsenal 4 is seen to grab hold of Liverpool 31 by the waist and drag him to the floor. So, Anthony, this is, this is your first time yeah. uh, watching the, the, the footage back with three days after the game. Um, do you recall the incident? No. <laughs> Very simple. My initial impression watching that is you can clearly see the, the Arsenal player hold on to, to Sterling there. Obviously, from a, a totally opposite camera angle to what I would have had on on field. So the only reason that I can recollect here that I'll try and feed back to the evaluator is that maybe in real time on, on field may have not looked to foul for my position. Have you ever been in a situation, Anthony, where you've you've had an evaluator make a point like that? But hey, you disagree and you yeah. back your decision. Yeah, absolutely. And and and. Uh, will write something like that sometimes. There's in many situations across matches where if you put 20 people in a room, you wouldn't get total agreement in terms of whether it's a foul or a yellow card or a red card or a, button or a penalty. So, yeah, so it's equally important if you disagree with somebody, then, then you should say so. Interesting. And there was a big penalty, wasn't there? Not was, in terms yeah. of the outcome of the game, but yeah. it might have turned the game later on. If we look at around about 75 minutes... Here's Sterling for Liverpool, looking for a way back into this match, into the penalty area. He goes, oh, he's fouled, surely. And Anthony Taylor, no hesitation, he points to the spot. And Liverpool have a lifeline here at the Emirates. The evaluator has marked it as correct decision. One that he would expect Anthony to call correctly. Anthony calls it correct because if we look at the footage, he works really hard to, to, to gain a good viewing angle. And we'll see that this situation comes from the taking of an Arsenal goal kick. So Anthony would automatically take a wide position for the goal kick ball quickly goes back towards the Arsenal goal and we'll see Anthony put in an, an excellent sprint and instead of going directly towards the goal he runs left he runs left to try to open up that angle of the, of the situation um, really good refereeing if we, if we look at the trace on that we'll be able to see uh, not only the route that he takes but also the injection of pace that he puts in there hence the reason that our guys need to be fit enough to make these sort of sort of moves. Now, you might think that the most natural route would be to run straight towards goal, but he doesn't. He runs left, almost laterally, to try to create an angle. And you can see that when the offence takes place, he's within it. He's within probably about 10 to 15 yards away, which is where we pretty much want him, want him to be. It's hard to see, Anthony, how you could have had a better angle on that from the position that you started in. Uh, it's not, but again, it's, it's something you're always thinking about. So as soon as players moving into that left-hand side of the penalty area, when, when you've not got an assistant to help you out, it's in your mind you need to get the best possible line. thing that's drummed into us a lot is to get as left as possible and because it opens up. Because even five, five metres to my right, I wouldn't, wouldn't have had a clear view of that, that challenge. Certainly, I would have been blocked by at least one of those Arsenal players. There's a melee of players yeah. on the edge of the penalty area there, aren't Blocked they? by at least one of those. Now, you may well have thought the, the Liverpool player had simulated or, or even that the defender's got a, a little touch on the ball. What I particularly like about this is not only the fact that he's able physically to... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Make the, the distance from where he was, quite rightly, for the dropping zone from a goal kick. He's got the pace to get into position, and he's got the intelligence to move to a position that offers him the best view in angle. So we're, we're going to just finish the evaluation by looking at an incident that happened in the 84th minute. Oh, and it's a scything challenge by Chan, who is on a yellow card already, remember. The German looks resigned. Here comes Anthony Taylor, the referee. He's got the yellow card in his hand. Emre Chan's case is being pleaded here by Jordan Henderson. Anthony Taylor has made his decision. He goes to the top pocket. There's the yellow, and now the red. Liverpool are down to ten men. Emre Chan's day is done. Certainly the two Liverpool players who came across were trying to say that they didn't serve a second yellow card for. Now, and having seen that again, I'm still more than happy that's a, a, a yellow card. I wouldn't say that you were necessarily surrounded in no. that situation there was only two players that came up to you. I did notice that one of them did touch you and it seems to be happening more and more in the modern game. How do you handle this sort of growing problem it appears of being surrounded? I think you've got to keep it in perspective though. Um, I'm, I'm lucky in terms of my, uh, my ex-professional background, so as a prison officer, I was used to being in, in conflict situations, used to being surrounded by a group of people. And particularly in a conflict situation, a lot of you... Through your mind and thought process when you are appointing officials. I used to recharge physically or mentally by appointing to a fourth official. Uh, an important role, but obviously physically not demanding, um, is, is something we'll utilise as well. Because the distance and speed that Anthony covered um, against uh, in that game there, are you, is he likely to be rested at the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got the physical uh, capability to cope with Oh, yeah, uh, run me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be rested most weeks, I think, Graham, having looked at your yo-yo performance today. Well, there's a simply normal human beings. Believe it or not, if we do make a mistake, it's like a dent in your professional pride. You've got to make a lot of tough decisions when you've got probably a lot of people thinking you've got it wrong. We're referees because we love the game of football. And that passion is what drives all the work, the dedication, the commitment to make you be a referee. Football's a game I love. It's a passion for somebody who wasn't the most naturally talented footballer. A great opportunity to stay within the game. Fans stop me in the street to talk to you about things. Hello, this is Morris, and I say keep on listening to George. George, 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 George. 99.7 FM.
Hello, you're welcome to the headline news at two with me and Estimino. Destinet Hospital in Osuhi and Accra has asked about 60 of its workers, including doctors and nurses. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.